in your corner, saving one investor at a time, working for clients, not companies, all while bully-proofing portfolios, totally committed to sharing academic truths about investing, always representing Main Street and not Wall Street. It's your Sound Money team, and this is the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. Hello and welcome to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth, and we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients and not companies. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. If you're seeking advice on old 401k, 403b, some type of employer-sponsored plan, NUA analysis, Maybe perhaps an in-service rollover possibility. Give us a call, 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email address, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our office locations, Milford is our headquarters, but we also have locations in Westchester, Blue Ash, and Florence. And Greg, what are we doing today? Well, today our topic is going to be ways to help make planning for retirement easier. You know, retirement planning doesn't need to be difficult. You just need some tips to help smooth out that process. And it almost sounds like an elevator speech, James. If someone just asks us, well, what do you do? Well, we help to make investing and planning and succeeding in retirement and all things retirement uh, easier for everyone that we encounter, those people that we get an opportunity to work with. So I'd say the topic is very similar to um, what we would say we do for people each and every day. You know, many people, the idea of just redesigning their investment portfolio alone and their financial life for retirement can be overwhelming. You know, it's a different phase. We're going to talk about phases today. We're going to have uh, at least five uh, tips to kind of rally around um, before we're done in conclusion today as well. But, you know, after all, when people have done the things, you know, one way or another throughout their working career, well, it's time to revisit at some point what exactly is retirement going to look like? Different phases. Again, most likely... Folks out there, they've stockpiled away money into those qualified retirement accounts. You know, the tax deferred, never been paid, you know, taxes on before, took a tax credit each year along the journey, but have a, well, maybe a surprise someday on how much taxation, tax liability, how much of their IRAs and 401ks, 403bs, and tax shelter investments aren't so sheltered after all. There's a, there's a, a bounty to be paid. Uncle Sam owns probably at least 50% of those accounts when it comes to beneficiaries and a good anywhere from 15 to 30% for the average Joe and Joanna. You know, folks have uh, tried to do their best in paying off debt. They support their families and children, grandchildren and all along the way and try to also have what you might call a lifestyle to boot. But for most people, the standard of living is dictated by the amount of money they take home each and every month from what? A paycheck, their employment. And when that check finally goes away, hint, hint, retirement is near. Things can get a bit complicated. They certainly become quite different. So we want to help you identify a few things that you can do to make your planning for retirement and the financial decisions come with it just a, at least a bit easier, if not completely smooth. So let's cover some thought-provoking questions that tie into today's show. For starters, what are some of these important decisions that come along with retirement, not only when you're in the pre-retirement phase, but also when you are in retirement. What are some options for your 401ks, your 403bs, your other types of employer-sponsored plans when you retire? 
Should you keep something in those employee or sponsored accounts or should you take control and privately invest those accounts? Should you even wait until retirement to make some of these decisions about privately investing your monies? How about should you have all debt paid off prior to retirement? That's a big question there, James. What's the cost of money, the cost of capital? Sometimes it makes more sense to defer a debt, sometimes chip away at it, sometimes get rid of it as soon as possible. It's all about how it fits in your budget. That'll be an interesting topic. Yes. Is it necessary to live on a budget or maybe to strictly live on a budget in retirement? How should you prioritize the decisions when it comes to financial versus emotional on on those decision-making trees? How about when is the best time to retire or is there a best time to retire at a certain age, for example, best time to retire? How might expenses change when you are retired compared to when you're not, when you're still working? How should you plan for the unpredictable expenses that may pop up during retirement? And what factors should be considered when evaluating pension options? This is if you have a pension, what are some of the most important decisions to factor in when you're looking at a lump sum option versus the annuitized option versus maybe perhaps the spousal benefit options? So all those different factors come into play. One of the, one of the factors to look at there is what is the payout factor that the company is going to guarantee, the bird in the hand versus the two in the bush? And about the standard of living that you have now versus what you want to have during retirement, how do all how do all of these issues factor into the standard of living that you can afford during retirement? Yeah, some of those 401k options when you retire, just not the investment vehicles, but do you have a tax plan for transitioning best or more efficiently? And I think about, you know, which debts, it's cost of money. You talk about expenses changing in retirement versus pre-retirement not just different things you'll do and activities you engage, uh, some things you won't do anymore, like, you know, hopping two car family, two, two, um, two spouses with earned wages, running off to work each day and burning fuel and maintaining cars, maybe you'll reduce to one, you know, but that car's made up with a new boat down at the lake since you have more time for fishing or hobbies like golf. It just goes on and on. And then unpredictable expenses. Well, we can sort of predict them, they may or may not happen to you. That's the difference between predictable and unpredictable. We always know in hindsight exactly what happened and to whom and how much, how much that costs. But healthcare, we're we're constantly seeing people somewhat surprised with the impact that healthcare can have randomly throughout the retirement phase or that distribution phase. We'll talk about phases. Um, and for any of you out there that are becoming involuntarily unemployed or you're transitioning from a company who's who's cutting back or putting on a permanent furlough, if you will. Well, please call us about rolling over those 401ks and 403bs into your own personal IRA. Don't hesitate to call us for planning and advice. It's complimentary. That means no obligation still means, quote unquote, free. Uh, we will share recommendations and analysis to give you the best direction that we know possible. And we won't hold anything back. We'll share it with you. And if you're determining that lump sum, should you roll over a lump sum or take a partial annuity payment from your company or um, or just all lump sum, no annuity payment? What survivor's benefit and choices do you have? Or if you're working for those big companies and looking at a transition, that high, highly appreciable stock you might have from the company stock that's built at value over time that's a part of your 401k, all of that we can help with. And we want to do it before you you trip upon making that decision because as many things we know about retirement, 
first and foremost, oftentimes there are no do-overs, at least none that don't cost some pain and strain. So anyway, let's throw in one more variable too, because seldom are both, especially when you have the husband and wife team, seldom are both people at exactly the same phase of life at exactly the same time. Yeah. We often see people where one is maybe ramping up, the other one ramping down, sometimes going back to work, sometimes retiring a little bit early, a little bit late, on time exactly. So one of the one of the more difficult things to factor into that decision-making tree is if you're not, as a husband-wife team, at exactly the same phase of life or planning for retirement at the exact same time, how does that factor in to the retirement plan? All those different things we can help. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. Yes, you know, we love making things easier. And the retirement planning, though it can be complicated sometimes, even the point where some overwhelming, overwhelming for some people when it comes down to it, it really doesn't have to be that way. You know, you either have a budget or the budget has you. Everyone has a plan, but is your plan to succeed or is it a plan by default to fail? See, we can help you with some of the tips and tools and strategy to help make your retirement decision tree the, the, the positive, prosperous outcome that you desire. And the financial planning obstacles, we've seen them. Well, we've seen them all. And we can help you go ahead like a scout on a wagon train and make the place and the travel and the journey much, much smoother by taking all the examples, all the experiences that we've seen in our practice, one household over another, and apply them to your situation so that you're not uniquely challenged. You are you are expressively successful. Some of the reasons why retirement can be difficult for some, well, it's due to the fact there's so much regarding your life changes that affect you when you retire. Your regular daily routine changes. Your income and monthly cash flow may change. The way you create or seek to create and replicate income that used to be a paycheck may or will change. Your spending and what you spend money on will certainly differ. Your earning potential may be decreased or even eliminated in terms of earned wages. So you have to have passive other sources of income. Commit your buckets of money to something that will prosper you over time. Well, something else that factors in is when you look at your investment accounts and how they transition into not just your investment accounts, but also now your retirement accounts. Sometimes it's just simply the focus of what that particular bucket of money, that investment account what is its job title, job description? What is it intended to do? Very true. You know, just when you come in, we will look at your current investments and how your buckets of money are deployed. We'll analyze your stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs. We'll look for hidden spreads, fees, margins, loads, and other expenses, plus whatever advisory fee you may or may not be charging and trading costs. And we'll look at the efficiency of your investments, tax efficiency. Is there redundancy in what funds hold the same stocks over and over and over? All of this just to analyze and then share with you our best foot forward recommendations. Again, we'll hold nothing back. And then you can decide when you see the analysis, the financial plan, investment strategies. Uh, we'll look at the, on the defense, life insurance, uh, tax-free, retirement and income replacement, guaranteed income sources, Social Security maximization, pension maximization, uh, tax advisory, tax-efficient uh, review. There's so much that you're sitting there missing out on if you don't reach for the phone and call us and come in and see us soon. It's complimentary. And our phone number, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. 
Opinions expressed are solely those of Brown Financial Advisors and should not be interpreted as specific advice. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified investment advisors prior to implementation. Market-based investments involve risk and past performance is no guarantee of future results. Insurance-based investments offer guarantees based upon the claims-paying ability of the issuing company. All insurance, tax, and mortgage services are offered through Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors, LLC. Brown Financial Advisors and Brown Insurance and Tax Advisors are affiliated companies and may only transact business in those states in which registered or were otherwise legally permitted. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show at Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borth. And we are a registered investment advisory firm. We are independent. We do work for clients, not companies. That's Main Street and not Wall Street. To receive your complimentary and personalized financial income plan, give us a call at 513-575-9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email address, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. In our office locations, we can meet you wherever it's most convenient for you. We can also do internet if that's what you'd like or prefer. But our office locations, we have our headquarters in Milford, but also locations in Westchester, Blue Ash, and Florence. And Greg, where do we leave off? Well, James, in our topic today being ways to help make planning for retirement easier, we're going to start getting into some of the phases. The retirement planning areas of focus, if you will. Retiring. Well, we know it brings on a slew of changes, not just financial ones at that. We've always said that there are three phases to everyone's financial life. Now, phase one, it's what we call the accumulation phase. Okay, it begins around the time you get that first real job. You start to save, invest, and accumulate money for retirement. Hopefully, if you're not, you better get with it. Whether that money's in a bank account, a 401k, 403b, or your individual retirement account, your IRA or Roth IRA, even hopefully, some combination of all these vehicles, your goal should be to try to accumulate as much money as you possibly can. Now, most people, depending on their comfort level with market risk, it would be wise to invest at least somewhat aggressively during this phase. Okay, for others, much more so, in fact. You have a pretty long timeline. So before you need to access money for income purposes, you have time to grow it and take on some of that early on risk. So you should be able to live off of your paychecks from work, save, invest, and grow your money too. Now try to pay down some debt along the way. Maybe even a key is to have debt resolved that's long-term in nature prior to retirement. We'll talk about the benefits of having debt under control so that it takes less inflows because of less outflows to have positive cash flow in retirement. So make it a point when you transition this phase two to have some of that debt on track to having been paid down especially having your cost of money under control. When you're looking at having variable rates of interest versus fixed rates of interest, sometimes the credit cards are the ones that can become variable depending upon what you've done and how you've paid them and how maybe you've not paid them. True. So phase one is accumulation, and you're getting some tips on getting control of some debts. We transition to what's, what's phase two? Phase two is the preservation and also income phase. This typically starts when you retire, and this is where really – Lots of things start changing. You go from accumulating to deaccumulating. You go from having a paycheck from the employer, or maybe if you're self-employed, but nevertheless still having a paycheck from wages or employment, to hopefully having paychecks from other sources such as Social Security, maybe uh, IRAs, pensions, annuities. And if those paychecks aren't enough to live comfortably, 
Well, that's where you need to develop a strategy to take additional income or to generate additional income from the monies that you've saved during your accumulation phase, those investment accounts that have transitioned into retirement accounts. And yes, other things will start popping up too that you have to deal with, things like health insurance. And if you have the pension options, this is where the lump sum versus annuitized options become vitally important. Final debts being paid off, whether or not you still have life insurance, estate planning, all these things need to be addressed. And the estate planning is not just a snapshot in time. It's an ongoing process. And there are times when life happens, events change, and it's like hitting a moving target of what should be addressed and when it should be addressed. But this is something that should be part of your ongoing retirement plan is to properly handle and to designate the estate planning needs. And on top of that, you might now need to consider maybe perhaps a redesign of how it is that you choose to invest your money. So take a look at and reassess what is your tolerance for market risk, not just the individual you perhaps, but the collective you on your risk tolerance. Maybe looking at your employer-sponsored accounts. And here's the reminder we'd like to tell people out there is that if you're no longer with the company, then as a rule, your money should not be there either. That's where you should privately invest take control of your money and take control of the cost of your investments and your investment choices. So whether or not you have enough money, such as your income or your cash flow to sustain your desired standard of living, that you're retired, that's where it now we look at transitioning to phase number three. Yes. Phase three, you know, James is talking a lot about that preservation and that transition into taking some income from your savings well, doing it efficiently, doing it with income that's reliable. But this phase three, it's inevitable for everyone. It's called distribution. And we don't mean distributing your dollars to yourself and others while you're living. That's why this second phase, James just wrapped up, and there's more to it, always much more. But um, it was the time where you're here to make decisions on income taking for yourself, the ways in which you invest, the amount of risk you take, the decisions you make on which debts to resolve, which ones to carry, cost of money matters, your budget, your positive cash flow to be able to sustain and survive your retirement process and your journey very successfully versus just barely getting by. But now we're talking about something that happens to everyone. You know, it's a sign man wants to die and then the judgment. Well, this is your opportunity while everyone's still looking at the whites of eyes of each other can make some incredibly important decisions for the day you're not here. So not distributing your dollars to yourself and others while you're living. But we mean that when you die and your loved ones are in line to inherit anything that's left over, it becomes your legacy. It makes sense to have a well-thought-out plan to pass your assets on in the most efficient and tax-efficient ways possible. But for today's discussion, we want to focus on the transition items that you should consider when moving from Phase 1, accumulation, to Phase 2, preservation, into this 3. Now, we think there are at least five specific things that aren't the only five things that you should focus on to help when it comes to making your retirement decision-making tree easier. Okay, it's not everything. It's not the kitchen sink. It's a few items in the in the sink bowl. Now, if you choose to focus on these areas proactively, you will likely be one step ahead of the sometimes difficult retirement planning process. Well, let's start with the five things to make the process easier, or perhaps maybe a better way of saying it, making it better, is starting off with the cash emergency fund. That's your liquidity bucket. Now, 
one of the first things that you can do to make sure that you have an emergency fund I mean, there are all sorts of different ways of doing this. There's multiple ways of skinning that proverbial cat. But when we look at the guidelines that people have to establish how much you should have liquid, maybe a rule of thumb is to say six months worth of expenses. Others have used one year's worth of maybe your salary as the guide to how much you should have in this particular bucket, the liquidity bucket. And that would be on a net pay basis because that's all the money that's actually liquid and real to you on an annual basis anyway the spendable portion. And that's important. And James mentions this as he's referencing the liquidity bucket. He said that. So keep in mind, we look at this big picture very simply. We want to keep things simple. Liquidity bucket, that's bucket number one. That's what he's talking about. Having liquidity for emergencies, this and that. There are different guidelines. He's mentioned those six months, one year's net pay. But the second bucket, that is called your, what is that, James? Your income bucket. That's where you're going to almost like a line for your, your phase two. It's going to provide the sources of income from your retirement savings. We'd like to see that be balanced between uh, green money, which is I know so, and get the red out of your red market money, all that risk, detoxify, if you will, get it down to a yellow, get the red out, get it yellow. Yellow is properly managed market-based investments tied to the appropriate risk. You get the reward for the appropriate risk taken. Okay. So number one is that liquidity bucket. Number two is that income bucket, sources of income. We like to have guarantees of income. So you go to your mailbox, there's a paycheck each month. And that third one is your growth bucket. That's your long, longer ball. That's when you can take more risk still, keep it liquid, have it growth oriented, overcome inflation, increases in cost of living, those surprise expenses, and um, all the things that might come at you. Even some of your goals, your dreams, your visions can be funded down the range with that. So as you wrap up this on this uh this liquidity bucket. James, a couple more thoughts before we wrap up this segment. Well, liquidity means different things to different people. Liquid within an hour, maybe liquid within a week. It matters greatly because how you can invest versus simply where you have to have the money is that measure of liquidity. That's just for starters. We'll, we'll pick up on this after the commercial break, but our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us, we can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borthen. We are an independent RIA, registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies. And it really does all start with having a plan. That means knowing what you own and why you own it. So whether you're seeking advice on an old 401k, 403b, IRA rollover, investment strategies, retirement planning, income planning, tax planning, tax preparation, social security maximization, Roth conversions, NUA analysis, even one of those in-service rollovers, if that's an option for you, all those things and more, we can help. 513 575 9654. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email address is team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. And our home office is in Milford, but we also can come see you in Blue Ash, Westchester, Florence, and the internet. So, Greg, where would we leave off? Well, we're talking about several items of liquidity. You know, just stepping back, we talked about the big picture phase one. That is accumulation. That's your savings and perpetuating future savings. Phase two, that preservation and income phase, you start battening down the hatch, making specific plans and investment 
arrangements for types of money. Some fully insured, safe money backed by an insurance company with guarantees of income payments monthly for the rest of your forever, you and your spouse, based on the claims paying bill of an insurance company. And then the other money is deployed into the market based on appropriate risk. All that's in your phase two preservation and income phase. And then we touched upon the inevitable phase three distribution, gross distribution. Gross is like gross, you died. No, it's gross because all of your estate's going to move to someone who survives you because you're out of here. That is the death phase, if you will. And then we said, you know, let's not be morbid here. Let's talk about two of the important phases, honing in on preservation and income. How are you going to retire successfully? We started in that in five areas, the first area, of which is liquidity. And then we interjected a reminder in the big picture of all of this. There are three major buckets of money in your life, ultimately. Bucket one, it's all about liquidity. Bucket two, it's all about income provision. And bucket three is everything else. It's the longer term investment, some risk, reward in exchange for risk taken. You can have dream buckets. You can have second home buckets. You can have next car bucket. You can have the bucket that will supply um, the difference of income needed from ongoing cost of living or a liquidity bucket within your long-term growth, keeping it liquid and growing to beat inflation, but help with surprises that come along the way. But we left off, James, with you having some additional thoughts here on liquidity. Me too. And I think we're going to focus on debt after that. Yes. Now, when it comes to liquidity, typically we think of this as the bank account. And normally there's a specific balance, maybe a buffer or a magic number that you feel like you must have at least this much in that account, in your bank account. For some, it might be 2000 Others, it might be 20000 So really, what's your number here that is your comfort cash or that you feel is your magic number, the buffer, to handle these unpredictable or random uh, expenses that may pop up? True. I mean, whatever your number, 2000 20000 six months, one year's worth. Liquidity means different things to different people. And liquid, how liquid? Within an hour? Liquid within a week? According to some data from the Federal Reserve Board, two out of five American adults couldn't come up with $400 for an emergency if you had a bananas to their head. See, any furthermore, that median American household has less than $5,000 in their savings account. The bottom line, well, it, the bottom line for this is to be able to avoid drawing additional money from taxable investment accounts when a random expense arises, because then you'll need even more money to take care of the taxes that come on the money you access that had never been taxed before. So it is about planning. You don't want to pay a premium to get a hold of money you need yesterday. You don't want to have to be taking withdrawals from investments every single unexpected expense opportunity that confronts you. So how do you get some expenses that are controllable out of the way in advance to lower your threshold of needs on a monthly basis in retirement? Well, you might just call this more of a story about paying off some debt. Oh, yes. Debt payoff. That's the next area to focus on is your debt and liabilities. And yes, it's a great feeling to be completely debt free and having your debts paid off. And prior to retirement is even better. That's like the cherry on top of everything. So, you know, when you are someone who's able to achieve that, well, congratulations. But in our experience, meeting with people out there, many people, they're not quite there yet. And we do consult with a number of, of people, not only entering retirement, but also just simply in the, the pre-retirement phase and still have that outstanding mortgage, still have credit card debt, still have student loans and other types of debt as well. And no, it's not advisable to enter retirement or really these phases of life with this type of debt still lingering, especially if you don't have the cost of money under control. 
But that's where we can also help with devising a plan that helps you address in conjunction with retirement, the cost of money issue to make sure that the debt that you still have, it's at a reasonable rate of interest or a reasonable cost. Think of the checks you have to cut on a monthly basis to pay these debts. Again, it's part of the planning process. Yes. For an example, maybe you spend $1,500 a month on your mortgage, what you need to pay minimally on your mortgage. Well, how about another $1,000 a month to try to pay down a credit card you've built up and another $500 to pay down the home equity line you established to help you with the addition you recently put on your home if you've done an add-on. Now, we, we don't mind using seeing folks use home equity lines to add to the appreciable value of their home. Let the assets equity pay for its own asset improvement, uh, hopefully appreciating either from your eyes of enjoyment or to a future sale and transition from that home. You'll know and we can help you make the best decision on value proposition there. But that would be if you did the math, 1500 1000 and 500 all going towards those three expenses, that's $3,000 a month. Imagine if you alleviated that debt prior to retirement. That would leave you $3,000 more of money in your pocket or $3,000 less a month you need to come up with because those debts are paid off. So $3,000 less of income from investment or other sources of income that just because you carry that debt in retirement, I mean, you have to come up with it. If you don't have it, you have to, you have to start plowing through investments and reducing the economic value of those accounts and accelerating potentially the depletion of your wealth while setting the stage for you maybe running out of money before you run out of life. But as James said, we, we watch out for the cost of money on these things. We want to look at, for example, some cases it may make more sense that if you're able to make on average, say on a moderate investment, uh, a good blend globally with an emphasis on U.S., investments about moderate risk, um, netting about 6% annually over long periods of time. Well, if the cost of money is as it is today, under 4%, you could become your own bank. Okay, you'd be investing at 6% over long periods of time and paying down a debt of the 3 to 4% on average over a long period of time. Both are on long period trajectories or trajectories. I actually project, traject, trajectory. Anyway, you had, what happened? You just created an extra 2% excess of going to your pocket, going to the growth of your economic well-being over time. You've become your own bank. For some people, they can handle that, and it makes sense. Other people, they're still not going to have the right income cash flow in retirement, so they have to alleviate debt while they still have enough earned income on a monthly basis to throw more, more water on the fire of debt. You know, there's a there's a, a statistic that says, according to the state of credit report from Experian, you know, that uh, credit bureau, the average U.S. household has almost $25,000 in non-mortgage debt. Non-mortgage debt. Okay, don't happen to have the statistic today on mortgage debt. But you combine that, there's some serious monthly cash flow outflow on the wrong side of your little monthly retirement balance sheet. And maybe now, if you are looking at refinancing your mortgage debt or other types of debt, maybe now is a good time to at least try to do that. And I say that because interest rates are incredibly low right now. It is also true that some of the banks have tightened their lending standards. But nevertheless, maybe if you're going to carry that debt, now is a good time to look at refinancing to a lower cost, a lower interest rate. But that's all part of the process, the planning process is, is that still something that should be looked at as far as refinancing debt versus simply paying off debt? So having a plan for debt's important, but you kind of have a debt to yourself. 
you indebted yourself with a hopeful, uh, blissful future filled of fun, one would hope, and joy in retirement. And that comes with the cash flow need too. Some monthly expenses, not debt per se, but you got to finance some of the fun in your life. James, what should they be focusing on next? Well, if you're considering retiring, and you've most certainly, if you are considering retiring, then you've most certainly imagined what your new life will look like. Now, have you really broken it down into terms of what you'll be spending your time doing, your newfound time? Every day is a Saturday, right, when you're retired. So if you were working Monday through Friday, say nine to five, and then all of a sudden you wake up on Monday after you've retired, you don't have to go to work, what are you going to do? Are you going to relax? Are you going to go exercise, get in shape? Are you going to fix the house up? You're going to visit with family? You're going to go golfing? You're going to go bowling, play pickleball, play cornhole? Are you going to do other types of activities such as traveling? Yes, in today's environment, traveling might be a little bit more of a challenge, but nevertheless, that's going to be one of the activities and maybe several of the activities to look at what you're going to be doing with your time. So another way to frame that question is to consider this. What will these things you might do, James, out of all those many things you listed that sound very fun? Uh, they don't sound like they all come for free. What might you do and how much will you need to spend your time doing and spend money on doing those things? What's the cost to you on a regular basis? This is what we call your discretionary and joy expense. And it's important to plan for and consider this expense right after your most basic expenses like food, utilities, taxes, and any of those uh, other ongoing long-term debts that you, you haven't satisfied by retirement time, like mortgage, home equity line, uh, car payment. Now, a good test to, to run through is to create a detailed budget as to what your monthly expenses might look like. And when you, you know, flip the retirement switch, creating that budget. You know, what is that monthly outflow going to be? Creating that budget may be tough for someone who's always had enough income just to cover things. You've had sufficient cash flow, never had to live, per se, on a budget. The base of your spending decisions weren't on a budget. And even though you develop a budget for retirement, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to live by the budget monitor every month during retirement. It's more of an exercise that will help you determine just how much monthly income and cash flow you need to help make sure you are having that happy and content retirement, living in that retirement phase. Cash flow is king. All right. There's more. There's much more. Our phone number, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. But stay tuned. You're listening to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors here on 55KRC, the talk station. Welcome back to the Sound Money Investment Show with Brown Financial Advisors. I'm Greg Brown. And I'm James Borden. We are an independent RIA, a registered investment advisory firm. We do work for clients and not companies. Our website, brownfinancialadvisors.com. Email address, team at brownfinancialadvisors.com. Our office phone number, 513-575-9654. And our headquarters is in Milford, but we also have the satellite locations in Westchester, Blue Ash, and Florence. And Greg, where we leave off? Well, this uh, wrapping up this final segment of ways to help make planning for retirement easier. We just left some of the what we call discretionary spending, you know, how to finance on a monthly basis, all your fun. And uh, now we want to look at, well, more of a planning approach and details. Well, the details, the devil's in the details, right? So if you don't have a plan that discusses or includes details, well, you don't really have a plan at all. 
So developing detailed notes and data on your emergency fund, your debts, liabilities, your other income and cash flow needs, you need to develop a financial plan that helps you address all of these items, but also how to position retirement savings, your investments, your retirement accounts to help support everything you're trying to do. So yes, a well-thought-out financial plan should be constructed, get this, prior to making financial or investment decisions. And it should also be done prior to taking withdrawals from those 401ks, your IRAs, or other types of accounts to pay off your debt. And also prior to turning on Social Security. So the Social Security, yes, there is a maximization process. It's a very, I would say, for some people, it's underrated on what these planning options can do as far as how to maximize your benefits. Sometimes it's the individual retirement benefit. Sometimes it's your collective spousal family benefits. And at the end of the day, it's also the survivor benefits. All those things are important when it comes to your detailed financial plan. And we'll provide that plan complimentary. We'll do all the analysis up front to bring it all together for you. So there's no meter running, no tokens to put in. Uh, it is complimentary to get you to that point. Fully actionable plan. Just implementing it and working together, well, that's up to you. And all costs are known. We're transparent. We're financial fiduciaries. We work for you. That's, that's meaning working for clients, not companies. That's what it means. Now, some of the components of this more detailed plan should have the following. How much should you have in savings, liquidity for emergencies, rainy day funds? How will you pay off or at least pay down sufficiently your outstanding debts? When will you turn on Social Security? When will you start collecting your pension? We'll do a Social Security maximization and pension maximization part of our planning to, to pinpoint what the best possible timeframes are to do that and why. What are the spousal options involved in all the above? We'll maximize that. How will you cover health insurance expenses? My goodness, we've heard anywhere from 250000 to 295000 in out-of-pocket copays, deductibles from age 65 to death. Okay, And if you're healthier, don't think you're getting out easy. Okay, No one's getting out alive, right? But you may not get out easy because you'll live longer in a healthy way, but you'll live longer paying those expenses on a longer chassis. Over and Greg, time. Yes. That two hundred eighty to two hundred ninety thousand dollars, you know what it does not include? What's that? Long term care. Ah, glad you mentioned that. Part of your overall plan from us will be addressing long term care needs, assisted living. What's the best approach to prefinance that or insurance if needed, or what to avoid? The pitfalls. How much money's left at home if one of you goes and changes address to a nursing home? What are they gonna take from you in the nursing home spin down process? They can be a real train wreck if you're not careful. So good reminder there. How much income will you need from your retirement portfolio to produce the supplement of income that what used to be covered by paychecks? What's the nut to cover to have positive cash flow from investments that will sustain you, partly on a guaranteed basis, partly on taking on appropriate risk to hedge inflation? Speaking of inflation, how will you address inflation and rising income needs as time progresses? How much risk tolerance do you have when it comes down to it, how much will be required of you? If you're in the bottom of the 11th and in you know, the games in overtime, then every swing of the bat counts to either win or lose. How much can you afford to take in risk? How much can you not afford to take in risk? It's kind of a, an equivalent question. Well, and something else that's important is understanding the financial vehicles, the risks that they carry, and the objectives that they address. So when you look at your combination of financial vehicles that you have in your portfolio, in your plan, well, 
to be able to properly articulate whether these vehicles you put money into actually help you accomplish your goals, well, you first need to figure out what your goals actually are. What is it you're wanting to accomplish? What is it you're trying to accomplish? Some things, different accounts carry different benefits, and you don't always have to have all of your money. I know, you know, it sounds kind of almost like common sense to say you should not have all of your money all the time at market risk. That's a good point. You know, you kind of get at purpose of money. What do you expect? If you expect to get apple juice from an orange, you might be using fruit for your next meal, but you're using the wrong fruit based on the purpose you have for it. So what do you want from these different investment accounts? James, when you're talking about, hey, which of these investments and buckets and approaches and methods and strategies actually produce the desired result? You'd be surprised how many people try to lump it to one category and then misuse that investment for the wrong purpose. Yes, it's about efficiency. So we say which types of investments or what types of products would more efficiently generate income versus which ones would more efficiently generate maybe longer term market growth, hopefully. You know, that's where your investing options, your objectives can be different. And you don't have to have the same. In fact, sometimes trying to have and serve two masters at the same time is what makes this very difficult to accomplish. So having some investments that are tailored to current income versus other investments that are tailored towards future growth. But yes, you need to at least have some type of understanding of how the different vehicles work. So things like your stocks, bonds, mutual funds, the ETFs, the exchange traded funds, annuities, what they can do for you, and more importantly, also what they won't do for you. And that's where I think people do get confused is that they tend to have maybe, oh, I don't know, the different types of financial vehicles. First of all, when you say, well, how much time have you spent studying either the financial industry or just the specific investment vehicles? And how much of, of this do you understand as far as the details? Now, we're not saying you have to know exactly how the watch works versus just simply what time it is, but have some type of understanding or knowledge about how these work. That way you're not surprised. You don't get taken off guard. And yes, there are different times and different phases of life where not only investments in the market are appropriate and suitable, but also investments in the insurance side, such as annuities, fixed annuities, fixed index annuities are not only suitable, but also can be fantastic for the foundation of your retirement income. Yes. In fact, we refer to them simply as income annuities, not the kind that you annuitize and you give your money away to an insurance company and all you get is a check. And if you die too soon, the rest of your money's gone. We're not talking like pension annuities. We're talking income annuities. You remain control of the bucket of money. You play by a certain percentage of drawdown that's guaranteed for life. You'll have a paycheck in your mailbox every month for the rest of your forever. We believe in a balanced approach. There is a lot of confusion out there. Brokers will have you think that all annuities are bad. Well, that's just balderdash. That is just for their purpose. They don't work for clients. They, they actually work for their companies and they act like they work for clients. How do we know this? Well, they don't recommend them, folks, because some of them are good. And they won't even recommend good annuities for good approaches, typically because it doesn't pay them a fee until you die or fire them. They have a vested interest that's not aligned with your best interests. So there is confusion. There is a balanced approach. There is a better way. We've been shown that and by life experiences since we were born. There's a better way. There's always a better way. Well, you know what? There's a right and better way. And, and we can take you and put you on that glide path 
so you can navigate your financial future successfully, eliminating unnecessary concerns and worries, having satisfaction of knowing you have recurring systematic guaranteed income. You know, along the same line, another issue that is, uh, well, there way too many financial advisors tend to use financial jargon with their clients, opposed to bring the conversation down to a kitchen table, so to speak. It's important that an advisor takes the time to not only explain the financial vehicles that are available to you, not remove them from your opportunity, show you all of them, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the pros and cons, so you can succeed on purpose. So to gain a little bit more knowledge prior to signing on the old dotted line is critical for anything you might choose to do. And we want to help you with that proper knowledge growth, your library of information necessary to succeed. Yes, there's more. There's much more. Our phone number at the office, 513-575-9654. Again, 513-575-9654. Call us. We can help. So on behalf of Greg, myself, James, and Barry, thank you for listening today. Have a great week. And remember this, sound money. But good things are believable, achievable, and true for you. And we work for clients, not companies. Have a great week. 